0: Okay, we are live today on Lifestyle Medicine. We've got Kat Lee, who is a friend and colleague. We went to Five Branches together. Rock on, right? <laughs> yeah, it's
1: so good to see you and it's so good to catch up.
0: Yeah, likewise. I'm glad, I'm glad when we initially connected that you were down to do this and you were like, yes, let's get on here. Let's Let's talk about... E- anything and everything that relates to the the stuff that we're <laughs> that we like to nerd out on,
1: yeah, yeah, and really, I just was like just selfishly like wanting to catch up with you too,
0: of course, so it's yeah, great like, that
1: we get to do this in like such a public way, but it's cool. yeah,
0: absolutely right, everyone gets to watch <laughs> watch <laughs> and listen, so cat, um obviously you're a Chinese medicine practitioner and acupuncturist, but <laughs> give my audience um, a background into. Yeah, well, I guess why you got into Chinese medicine, that's always a good place to start. And then where you are sure. now and what you're doing.
1: Sure, sure. So, um, I like we went to five branches together. Um, it was sort of this like weird thing where I fell into Chinese medicine school. I Me went too. to um, my undergrad thinking I was going to be a veterinarian, and then, sort of in the middle of of that schooling decided, like, I don't feel like I want to prescribe, you know, medications for the rest of my life. And yeah. so, like, just fell into five branches. Um, had no idea what I was signing up for, really. And um,
0: that's and kind, now that's I... Kind, that's kind of crazy when you say that, because I was the same way. And when you say yeah. you fell into it, was it because, did you think, oh, this is just something I'll do because it sounds cool, more or less?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I knew I wanted to be in medicine of some sort. Okay. okay.
0: Um,
1: and it was more of, like, the people that I was talking to at Five Branches just seemed, like, like down to earth and, yeah. like, pretty cool people. Yeah, so I was like, good ah, people. Like, yeah.
2: Very cool. Okay. So
1: it was really just off of, like, the vibes of the school that I, that I went. Nice. Um, yeah. Um, and now I practice acupuncture here in Canada. I moved from California to, um, to uh, work with my mentor in Canada. We do fertility medicine, and then I also have this side shoot um, project, this passion project of mine that is about relationship coaching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: so um, I think the two pieces that ties those uh, those facets together is that I really treat the heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so with fertility medicine, it's less about like how do we fix this. Like I don't think about infertility as being a disease. I think of it as like an invitation back to yourself. Um, because there are so many ways and times in which, like, women are feeling so disconnected from their bodies, and in particular when it comes to reproductive health, until it's finally like, oh, like now I need a baby, and so, like, like how do I just turn that on, right? Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I find that when we work with the heart piece, um, that process is just such a deep learning experience. Um, so there's that piece, and then I do the relationship coaching on top of that. That sort of grew out of a necessity from the fertility piece because when we start working with fertility, we start uncovering um, so many, you know, whether it's familial traumas, um, working with, uh, like, what your current relationship is like and how are you not feeling like your needs are getting met. And then um, that just sort of turned into its own thing. Um, So I think along the way, it's just been about me following these little, Breadcrumbs that feel like oh that's interesting and that's curious and and so yeah. just listening to that piece. Um,
0: wow. Well, I want to give a little context. It's very cool <laughs> to see the evolution of what you're doing and where you're going. I always like, especially people that I've known a while, just to see where <laughs> we all the, the the places that we sort of find our groove into the Chinese medicine universe. So mm-hmm. I really like to see. I like seeing where you've gone and just to give the, the people that, that don't have a Chinese medicine background, I want to speak to this and I'd love to hear your thoughts on of this course, as yeah. well. So yeah. when Kat was saying that she's addressing the heart, um, I've mentioned this in other podcasts and with people that I've talked to, but one of the things that's interesting about Chinese medicine is that they see that the, the organs in the body not only digest compounds, vitamins, minerals, but also this larger piece of thought and emotion mm-hmm. and the heart, is seen as the seat of all consciousness. That's the mm-hmm. the Shen resides there, the the overarching presence, omnipresence, the, the eternal part of us, what you would call the soul, that larger construct sits in the heart. So when Kat's saying she's addressing the heart, it's not just the heart organ, you're talking about the spirit of a person, essentially.
1: Absolutely.
0: And that's such a, that's really important because um, I think we can all get behind intuitively that the heart and the spirit of a person matters but also in chinese medicine this is a huge piece there's there's entire lineages and subsects of chinese medicine that really stress the importance of the heart that the, the spirit if the spirit is not online mm-hmm. the physiological functions don't don't right. uh, follow suit and there's a right. there's a there's a lag there's a stagnation so those things so to do that i think is really nice i mean that's a beautiful mm-hmm. way to approach it and i love that you said it's not a disease because i mm-hmm. know people uh, women in my life friends of the um you know or, or related you know um by association family members friends of the family who have had fertility problems and it's brutal they go for mm-hmm. four or five years with just you know the inability to 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 have a baby or to to conceive and just get that process online and it's just brutal to watch them go through it because they're so hard on themselves mm-hmm. too and, mm-hmm. um, there's these larger pieces of just things not moving well. And when that's yeah. when their spirit suffers, something fierce, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's, absolutely. that's the biggest hit. So yeah. what, um, so me saying that, you know, that the, the heart and the shen and all of this, the consciousness in the heart, what's your take on this and how has your understanding, I guess, grown and evolved given mm-hmm. your background in Chinese medicine and what you're seeing in real time? How is it? Yeah. Yeah. Flesh that out for the people yeah. listening.
1: So there's so many layers and depths to that right like so just like on a physical level the heart um, we talk about that as being the um, the controller of blood right mm-hmm. and so everything from like menstruation um, and so much of what we do on the physical level when it comes to fertility medicine is how do we nourish the blood like using tonics to nourish the blood yep. and then how do we then circulate that blood so that it is um, it is uh, um, feeding the eggs in the in the uterus right mm-hmm or like when I work with couples working with the sperm as well. Um, so just like on that physical level, the heart like needs to be nice and strong, right? Like there's just that idea. Um, and then there's this beautiful, like, I just love Chinese medicine because there's this poetry behind it. Right. And I don't know if you remember, but, um, we learned about the Baomai in, in school. Yeah. And I don't know if you've like like for me i didn't conceptually like understand what the bao mai was because in chinese medicine we work with these points that fall along these um these meridians there's this really beautiful system right and um when when you talk about the bao mai like the curious thing about the bao mai which is when we translate it it is called the uterus meridian bao as in like like a like a dumpling like a covering a sheath mm-hmm. right um uh but then, like, what, the curious thing about the night is that it is solely, the the only function that it has is to connect the heart and the uterus. Wow. And there are no points along that channel. Mm-hmm. And so I, as a practitioner, I have no access to that space. It's right. this beautiful, sacred space that only the patient has access to. Mm-hmm. And so I'm finding that in my work, the... um. Patients come in and, and like you're saying, like your your friend who's been has been trying for four or five years, like we become disconnected and we have this like literal cutoff between the heart and the uterus. Yeah. And so, um, and so working to a get the patient to feel safe enough to access that 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 sacred space for themselves. Right. But then, how do we realign that? Right. And um, I'll share this story with you. I had a patient who had been through like just like the most difficult of IVF journeys that you can think of. So IVF is in vitro fertilization. And so, um, what she had done is she had gone through several IUIs, which is, um, where they try to inseminate, um, using the husband's sperm. And then they found that, um, there was something going on with her eggs and, mm. um, she went through an IVF cycle that didn't work. And so then she moved on to like, what I just want a baby. Like, let's yeah. just use an egg donor. right? Um, and they had gone through two egg donors by the time she had seen me. And so these are eggs of women who are in their 20s. And so they're perfectly fine. Like her husband's healthy. And she came in and she's like, I'm doing all the things right. I don't know what is going wrong. And she was totally right. Like diet's on point, exercise, meditation, like everything is on yeah. point. Um, and... um. And what had happened is over the course of like four or five years of going through this process, like no one had actually checked in with her heart, you know, like yeah. what's going on with you and how is this, how is this, um, like unfolding and what are you learning from this? Right. Right. And so, um, I sat her down the first time I saw her and I was like, okay, so what does this kid actually mean to you? <clears throat> and like just immediately tears.
0: Right. right. It's breakdown. And, yeah yeah
1: and just in the tears there's release
0: right just (laughs) in the
1: tears there's this there's this like yeah there's this movement and there's this like oh like maybe a twinkling of a connection between the heart and the uterus now happening right? right and um you know she's like you know i don't like i don't know what i'm doing wrong and like this is something that a lot of women come in saying is like i don't know what i'm doing wrong like like, they feel like if they can't conceive, they're doing something wrong. Correct. And um, and so we started talking about, like, like her visualization practice. And she was like, oh, like, I'm, you know, thinking about holding a baby in my arms, you know, when my husband and I are going to sleep. Like, we're envisioning a baby between us. And, um, and I was like, okay, something feels a little bit off still. Like, mm-hmm. is that actually what you want? And she's like, no, I'm terrified of babies. Like
2: oh, and,
1: wow. um and she's like what I actually want is I want a toddler who I can like teach and like show them the world and I want to like be able to have conversations with this kid about like like you know how to interact and yeah uh, and I was like well then that's the thing you need to be visualizing mm-hmm. like you're you're by thinking about something that is close to but not exactly what it is she was armoring up right yes like like and then there's that hardening of that 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 Baomai, that connection between the uterus and the heart. There's that, like we're we're hardening up between that space. Um, and so this was going to be her very last IVF cycle, and mm-hmm. this is going to be a third twenty-year-old egg donor. <sighs> um, Man,
2: yeah.
1: And so she's preparing, and she's like, okay, so I have a month, and so she. That was the only thing she changed. That she just changed her visualization practice. Yeah in our time together and um, went in for her transfer um, and I got this insane email. Like I still like sort of well up thinking about it because she was like, you will not believe it. A, the transfer took and mm-hmm. B, I didn't tell you this, but i have been thinking about twins the whole time and I have, I'm pregnant with twins. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, wow! Um, and so like that there is, just i think that the body has just this innate wisdom and um it's so easy to get disconnected from that and it is and so that's that's why i love working with fertility medicine is yeah. like like yes i love the the physical side of it like the hormones and and sure. you know all of that stuff like like i can totally note out on all that and yeah like that's the due diligence or the due diligence that I do as a practitioner to make sure that I'm fully equipped to understand all of that. Mm-hmm. But like particularly with fertility and, and um, like there has to be this room for magic. Like there has to be space for source or universe or, or God or however you want to characterize that Absolutely. Um, to play a hand in your life. And um. I was just listening. I didn't get to finish it, but I was just listening to your your podcast with Kai, yeah. and he talks about um, uh, nourishing life and nourishing destiny. Yes. Um, I think he had some terms for it, Yang Shen and Yang Sheng. Yeah. 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 And I was just like, yeah, that's it. That's what fertility medicine is to me. Is it's yes. just about like, like, it's not just about the baby because not everybody walks away with a baby, right? Correct. But mm-hmm. it's about, like, what value can you get from this aspect of your life? Like, what what can you learn from this?
2: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and and how is this going to continue to shape who you are? Like, that's the juicy shit, man.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well said. And you're, I mean, and there's so many things I could speak to. So I'm just going jump, <laughs> to jump in because <laughs> I'm like, I had bookmarks. I had, like, 20 bookmarks. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck <laughs> it. I'm not going to get to all of them. But so... um when you're talking about this, um, a, a number of threads come up for me, and it's f- it's for what I've seen from women that have struggled with fertility, um uh, even men, you know right? it's just their emotional piece too and and how they relate to it. but there's a lot of emotionality that goes with this process. It's very okay. complex, it's very difficult, but one of the things that has that has stood out to me and what you were just saying, so this larger idea of what we call magic mm-hmm. of there has to be this open space that's beyond mind that's beyond thinking and it's beyond Mm -hmm. doing. It's not, Mm -hmm. it's not the, the doing, it's not the checklist of all the shit you're doing. Correct. Quote unquote. Mm -hmm. It's outside of that. It's beyond, Mm -hmm. it's the abstract. It's the nonlinear. It's the formless. It's the intangible. And there, that's a very difficult thing for a lot of Westerners, Western culture that for us to get our psyche around that. Mm -hmm. So you know that I'm working with Lillian Bridges, the face mm-hmm. reader. Face reader yeah, 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 she's amazing. Yeah. And I love Lillian. And she's, um, she's, she teaches from the heart. She's very personable. Uh, I could call her on the phone right now and be like, Lillian, how are you? you know Her, her <laughs> master status in the world, she doesn't wear it that way at all. She's just mm-hmm. Lillian. You know, She's a sweetheart. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things she talks about, though, is she talks about... It's amazing how much she talks about sex, fertility, and creating life. Whether that's a baby or just with yourself and creativity, yeah, yeah, all of these things. She hits on these exact same threads, and she says she's talked about it. She said, "Look, for babies to come in, a portal has to open in in mm. the in the construct of this 3D reality. A portal has to open. That's a bridge between the immaterial and the material, mm-hmm. and that that portal is dependent. The way you open that door is dependent on a few things. Yes, you have to be taking care of yourself to a degree. Mm-hmm. She said, but what really opens the portal is this, this stuff you're talking about. It's the spontaneity. It's the magic. It's the moments between moments. It's the, mm-hmm. it's the stuff that's more about being and letting go than mm. it, than it is about the checklist. Because yeah. this same thing, I've seen so many women, a lot of, and typically what I've seen is a lot of type A type mm-hmm. where they're I've just got to have everything right, and I'm doing everything, and I've tried everything, and everything they tried doesn't work, and then that just kind of reinforces that I've tried this and it doesn't work, and I've mm-hmm. tried this and it doesn't work, and then you get these stories of just like what you said. They mm-hmm. peel back, they let go, they mm-hmm. change a the visualization process, mm-hmm. they get in touch with spirit, whatever that means to them yeah and then these miraculous things happen and that's the thing that lillian says is ling she calls it ling Mm -hmm. it's the magic Mm -hmm. mystery of the natural world Mm -hmm. that you have to accumulate this you have to swim in it you have to waft in it you've got to saturate in it and it's has very little to to do with doing it has a Mm -hmm. lot more to do with being listening and receiving Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: opening up that that space and that's a it's a hard thing to put into words because yeah. it's not about yeah. doing it. And it's kind of different for every person from what I've right. seen, you right. know, this process for each person, but it's fascinating to hear her talk about it and to hear you talk about it because mm-hmm. you guys are saying the same thing in slightly different terms.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I think it's something that gets overlooked
2: mm-hmm.
0: all yeah. too often with, yeah. in this process, it's, it's yeah. less about doing, and there's some other intangible things that have to yeah. happen. Yeah. How do you relay these ideas to your Patience when you're talking to them.
1: Yeah,
0: and I would say for the for the Western, you know, non-eastern mind
2: mm-hmm.
0: What have there been hurdles has it been easy? Is there yeah. a, is it a, is there a pushback? Are people mm-hmm. completely receptive? What's been your experience thus far?
1: Yeah, so before I jump into that I just want to yeah. sort of like just nerd out for a second on Please. This, yeah, on this little piece here. <laughs> of course um, so Like to me the way that you're speaking about it is it is um It's basically about yin yang. Yeah. Right. And so like yang is like the part of us that is the action, the doer, the, you know, quote unquote more masculine. Yep. Like not without putting like we're not putting judgment or value on that. It's just like there's a masculine quality to it. And that's a quality that we um value a bit more in Western society. Hundred percent. Like like we like I was just talking to a friend of mine this morning and, you know, if you make an excuse for like why you couldn't show up for something if you just say like oh i was working like nobody seems to question that yeah. but like if you were like oh i just wanted to take like a personal day for myself like like people would be like huh like yeah what's going on there right yeah
0: why are you doing that right yeah
1: <laughs> um and if in chinese medicine we talk about the splitting of yin and yang as being death right there has to be the opposite has to be true. Like so the coming together of yin and yang is life. Mm-hmm. And so if we have this imbalance of yin and yang where where you know the person is just doing, 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 doing. Yeah. And again, without placing any blame, because the reality of that person, um, like you're saying, like type A woman, that seems to be what floods my practice, yeah. is like like I have accomplished everything in my life because I have been a doer. Yeah. Right. I have gotten all my achievements, I've gotten my job, I've, I've possibly even gotten my partner through doing. Mm-hmm. And so this is the one place where I'm doing all the things that have worked for me in my life, and it's not working, yeah. right? And it's because we aren't able to balance it out with that yin. Like We need to be able to like meet that yang with an equal amount of yin to be able to have life come together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's the first piece, I think.
0: Um, and can i say one thing to that yeah yeah yeah, yeah so with with the yin what what cat is talking about um this is very normal speak for chinese medicine yeah. people yin. No, i
1: love that i love that you're really good at this <laughs> i feel yeah. like you've done this yeah. with all of the podcasts where you're like translate <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we have to translate right it's like part of my platform when i'm working with clients i'm like here's an esoteric idea and here's yeah. the like the the meat and potatoes of what that means (laughs) Mm -hmm, but when mm -hmm. Kat's talking about yin and yang what she's talking about right this activity and and essentially rest more or less receiving being quiet going in introspecting and there has to be a harmony right that's that's the edge between those two things Mm -hmm. and that is the the piece it's the opposite of type a it's it's Mm -hmm. the it's the like let's not do shit let's Mm -hmm sit back let's coalesce let's mm-hmm. let's receive and be in that quiet space and right. so I think those metaphorically and literally in our lives that yeah. that's the that's the way we have to think about this a little bit is the yeah. the rest and digest right um, mm-hmm. the sympathetic and the parasympathetic right mm-hmm. water fire we have to have this oppositional thing but mm-hmm. we are proactively too active mm-hmm. in the culture um, across the board and so the the piece that I I think about when you're when you're saying this is that you know i've i've listened to some women talk about how they're right there's more doing and they're and they're detoxing they're like Mm. i've got to clean my body out Mm
2: -hmm. i've got
0: to i've got to get in the sauna longer i've got to clean out my body of the impurities so i can make my body more ready for for this and that and Mm -hmm. when i've talked to lillian she's like whoa 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 she's -hmm. like first of all if you're trying to create life Don't dump your resources. Right. She's like, even if there is, quote unquote, inherent toxicity in your body, she's Mm -hmm. like, that's part of life. But the woman has to replenish her body. She has to nurture (laughs) so completely through food. And Lillian's always of the mind. She's like, women need to put on some weight. They need earth. Mm -hmm. They need yin. Mm -hmm. If they want to get pregnant, that's not the time to diet and lose weight. But all of those things align with that doing, activity, push, Mm -hmm. let me you know, it's it's just a constant kind of bombardment. Mm-hmm. And that's just not the move. A lot of yeah. times it's like, whoa, whoa, yin. Yeah. Yin yeah. is the name of the game. Conserve yeah. your fluids. Drink. Mm-hmm. Drink water. Rest. Eat bone mm-hmm. broth. Mm-hmm. Sit in your backyard. Look at mm-hmm. your flowers. Smell mm-hmm. the flowers. Lay mm-hmm. on the lawn. Look at clouds. See the shapes in the clouds. You know, pick up. That's the kind of juice. So I just want to give context to people as you're saying this. I yeah. agree with you and just some real-time examples of yeah. <laughs> of what you're which talking is about. A hard,
1: yeah, which is a hard balance for people to strike because I think that a lot of times we think it's either yin or yang. Right. The balance is not like, um, like I'm either doing or I'm not doing. And it's not this like, well, now that I'm going to be yin, like I'm just saying, well, fuck it, like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Like that's not what surrender and what receiving means. Right. It means that I'm still trying my best. And there's, a level of detachment to the result, yeah. right? Yep. Like there's just a level of like, okay, so like what is going to be is going to have to be,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: And can I be okay without this baby? And it's usually right. at that point, that's when I see conceptions yeah. happen. It's so, like when you...
0: so what is that about cat? Because that <laughs> I've, I mean, yes, I've seen the same thing. I'm not even, I'm not a fertility specialist, right? I'm not working with women in this area to create life. But that fucking story I have heard so many times. Women that yeah. are like, I tried for 12 years and I was mm-hmm. like, fuck it, I'm yeah. out. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And then they got pregnant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. what is that? Because I mean, I have so, my ideas, but what, yeah. break it down for me. What do you think? Yeah.
1: So I think physiologically what's happening is like, again, like we are going to stay in the, the language of yin-yang, Yep. when we're in yang our sympathetic nervous system is being turned on. Mm-hmm. So that's our fight, flight, or freeze um, part right. of our nervous system, right. Right? right? And so what happens when we're in that space is a lot of blood circulation and energy goes up to our brain
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, because that part of our nervous system evolved from when we were humans running away from bears. Yes. And our nervous system doesn't understand the difference between I'm running away from a bear, I have a deadline at work, or I'm fighting with my partner, or I'm trying to get pregnant and it's the only thing that's consuming my life right now. And so blood circulation goes up to the head because your brain is like, okay, I'm going to have to problem solve. Like, right. I'm going to have to think through this. Yeah, right? get my
0: way out of this. But yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Um, and then um, blood circulation goes out to your your limbs because you might need to fight off a bear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what your body is thinking,
0: right? Right, right.
1: Um, and then on the flip side, when we are in yin, when we're in parasympathetic, when we're in that space of like, I'm surrendering to this. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens is that blood circulation goes to your digestive system and also to your reproductive organs.
2: Uh.
1: So I call it the feed and breed mode because um, your body automatically knows when it's in that rest and digest, that feed and breed, that that yin part where you're we're trying to relax and trying to receive. Mm-hmm. Um, like your body's, okay, Okay, now we're not in danger anymore. Now we can nourish the ovaries. Now we can nourish the nourish uterus, uterus. Yeah. Yeah. So that's no, that's, that's very specific. that's very
0: helpful because that gives a real time understanding for me a, a, a way to think about it as well. And mm-hmm. if you were the, you know if there are people listening and <laughs> they are listening, <laughs> so when uh, when you talk about let's say conserving yin cultivating yin Mm -hmm. what are some of the things that like the most practical if women are listening to this and they're like okay so Mm -hmm. if I want to conserve my yin a bit and Mm -hmm. and just what are some real-time applicable ways that you would suggest like what do you say to your women what are some what are some baseline ways to do it
1: yeah so this is gonna sound stupidly simple but just breathing yeah right Mm -hmm. so when we breathe um our inhalation um, raises our heart rate,
0: mm-hmm. and then
1: when we breathe out, our exhalation slows down. Yeah, slows it down. Yeah, and so if you can take some breaths where you're extending that exhalation, mm-hmm. then your nervous system automatically is like, "Oh, I'm supposed to calm down now."
0: Yeah, ratchet down.
1: Right, and so for the women who come into my clinic where, you know, they're doing, 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 and they don't know how to stop because the doing feels safer than slowing down,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, where they can't find the patience between the like, um, that two week window between ovulation and and I'm about to start my menstrual cycle, like that's so hard for women.
2: Yeah. Like
1: when that piece is just so difficult and I have somebody like that, I just start with breath,
0: right? Yeah.
1: Because if I'm gonna send them out and I'm gonna be like, oh, like do a Qigong practice and you know, like if I give them things that are outside of their reach, Yep. Then they're not going to do it, correct? Right? Correct. But breath, everyone has breath. Yeah. And even if it is like I'm sitting or I'm I'm standing in a grocery line, and you know I'm waiting for my turn at the checkout line, that's a moment where you can engage your parasympathetic. Mm-hmm. And more and more of those moments like that. Yeah. You're you're actually nourishing your eggs. You're nourishing your ovaries, your uterus. Yeah. So that's a really basic place from where I start.
0: No, it's a great place to start. And it's one of the most overlooked pieces, I think, in Western culture. People, I've talked about this before in my podcast and the little solo talks I do and stuff. But I've said this before people in the West are, a lot of times when I work with clients and I talk to them about breathing, they're like, What are you talking about? I know how to breathe, bro. Like, (laughs) I'm breathing right now. Like, what is that? And I'm, (laughs) it's like, there's so much more to, Breathing than just the automatic, I'm alive, so therefore mm-hmm. I am breathing. But taking mm-hmm. control of your breath,
2: mm-hmm. directing
0: it, focusing mm-hmm. on it, feeling the physical sensations, getting your body into a feeling yeah. state. I yeah. mean, it's so important. And it's it's the changes can be radical in people's mm-hmm. response, their physiology, how their day-to-day yeah. interactions improve, how yeah. their stress levels go down. I watched my step... Uh, I, actually, I didn't see him. My mom told me about this. When he was in the hospital um years ago he got it's a crazy story he was in hawaii and there was a gust of wind and the umbrella started cartwheeling down the beach end over end and it stabbed him right oh my god right in his like god what is that like the right above the clavicle and it it went in and it punctured his lung and and pressed his aorta down i mean and and they said a half an inch in any direction you've been dead but it went in popped out kept rolling and it punctured his lung and and he was in the hospital. He survived. He's got, the guy's got like nine lives. It's crazy. But he, my mom said, you know, he, in the hospital, they were like his blood pressure is just, you know, through the roof. Mm-hmm. And Bob, my stepdad had learned some kind of breathing technique because he'd always been very interested in Qigong. And he put his hands in front of his belly and, you know, he did this breathing and the doctors just, they said they watched his blood pressure just go down. And mm-hmm. they were like, what the? What the hell is what was that? What was what's he doing? Like what is? Yeah. They were like I mean it's a basic yeah. principle but they're like he's a he's a yogi or something like what the hell is this guy doing? Yeah. And it's amazing though just to drive that point home. The breath has tremendous effect mm-hmm. on the body and it's the thing we can't live without. Right? You can go food mm-hmm. god months without food.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Water you can go, you know, arguably 10, 12 days. I mean, it's you're it's, you're hurting, but I mean breath, yeah. breath is minutes you know yeah. so it's that that baseline I, I couldn't agree more um man so okay cat <laughs> with, with yeah go ahead and
1: then so like just to sort of add on to that like next level is is to me it's acupuncture and processing your story yeah you know and so like acupuncture i think of it not as like i'm trying to fix you i never think of a patient and like think this person is broken and actually that's one of the um the uh challenges and difficulties that i have about um how we learn acupuncture actually me too is is because we we diagnose disease and and we fix
2: yeah
0: um
1: and i don't and i don't think that that's actually true i don't i think that um bodies are incredibly wise and and um our bodies are actually trying to tell us a story yeah through their signs and symptoms and we it's our job to then listen and and try to figure out how do we bring this body back into balance, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: Um, so I think that that's where, you know, acupuncture is so
0: powerful. Yeah, acupuncture is a powerful tool. I mean, it's mm-hmm. there's no getting around it. And it does, and I love that you approach it like that because I think that's a, a fundamental piece that sometimes, yeah, it's overly... It's overly westernized in our approach, right? Yeah, Someone's got yeah. a disharmony; they have a disease. We have to fix it and turn the turn the switch the other way, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's very mechanistic, right? It lacks the anima mm-hmm. or spirit of treating a person. Sometimes, yeah. not always, right? But
1: yeah. and it takes the power away from the person. Correct, right? Yeah, it you know it yeah. puts the power back into my hands, and and I actually don't think I have I deserve any of that power. Mm-hmm. My job is really just as a translator to mm-hmm. help you be like, oh, like. From my experience, when bodies do this, right. like, they're asking for this, right? Yeah. Um, rather than like, oh, I'm gonna put in a point for your headache. Like mm-hmm. that doesn't work for me. That model doesn't work for me. It never has. Um
0: man. Can I can I add one thing to this yes, as well? Because yes. we can bounce back and <laughs> forth forever. <laughs> Our first six hour <laughs> podcast. <laughs> so, um, you know, when you were talking about this this thread about, you know, changing women's stories, right? The their, their dialogue, essentially mm-hmm. what's happening inside how they're processing life. This, this notion of story and, and the mm-hmm. magnitude and the importance mm-hmm. and the relevance of story is really critical because this is one of the things that I feel like is at the heart of Taoism and a lot of um, Chinese medicine, different practitioners lillian bridges talks about the power of story mm-hmm. and how story is what changes the shin right so when we read a face she's like you can see the anima come the light coming out of the eyes the face the glow right the brightness that comes out of the face she's like nothing changes shin the quality of that
2: mm-hmm. like an
0: aperture on a lens she's like that mm-hmm. laser beam that projection she's like is augmented by story and mm-hmm. she, so it's a big piece of how Lillian teaches everything she relates in story, very Taoist. You know, she's she has, <laughs> oh, really, this is a metal feature on her nose. Let me tell you about the CEO that I work with whose wife was doing this. And she tells this yeah. story and you think, oh, my God, she's going off on some tangent. And it's like, no, she's telling you a story. So you have context and emotionality to understand. And she's trying to get a shift in you. Mm-hmm. And uh, are you familiar with Heiner Fruhoff? Who's a, mm-hmm. So you've heard of him. Yeah. One of the things that he talked about when he came to Five Branches and and was at school and came and discussed with all of us as, you know, Mm -hmm. fledgling students, he said he had heard about this very classical, famous doctor in China. And he had heard this guy just got amazing results, just turn around and lots of syndromes in people. And so when he goes to meet this barefoot doctor, essentially, who's just this villager type, you know, that Mm -hmm. doesn't, when he gets there, he meets the doctor. And as he goes out on his rounds, he is the guy leaves barefoot with a bucket (laughs) and he's like so where where are your needles where's your your gua sha tools where are all where's your acupuncture toolkit and he's like i don't i don't need it he says well how do you how do you practice chinese medicine without those things and he laughs so he says you know come with him and so heiner who's fluent in chinese he said this guy would go to people and would ask them about their you know their their bowels their 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 what's happening in their bodies mm-hmm. and then in a very roundabout sort of nlp you know neurolinguistic programming way <laughs> would just start telling a story to them about something in his life or an idea Mm -hmm. And people would have these huge emotional breakdowns. They would start crying. Sometimes Mm -hmm. people would, the story would get them so riled up. They might throw up. They might feel nauseous. They might Mm -hmm. do all these things. And what it was ultimately pointing to was just this notion of the capacity for story to augment and shift the fabric of the stuff inside of us Mm. to the point where we get an opening and we're no longer bogged down by our bullshit. And that's, you know, I've, I've always taken that and I'm always trying to think. I mean, I think that's why I think our culture like loves entertainment too because we're so yearning for a story to move us. We mm-hmm. all we all love it, you know? It's mm-hmm. like the mythos. So I just, there's so many things that as you're talking about, it makes me think about the other way, the other uh, side of the coin, the the different vantage point to process this stuff and to work with people to give them, you know, the, um, the opening and the portal to nourish life. There's, mm-hmm. it's such a cool process yeah. and it's, um, it's really awesome that you're doing it with women and it's, and at the same time it's applicable to everybody, you know, mm-hmm. opening this portal for life, yeah. for yeah. creativity is, um, is important for the human, yeah. for the human experience, right? <laughs> we all have yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah. And like, I think that there is just this, stories touch on this, like, primal thing in us. Like, we've been transferring wisdom and understanding and just culture through stories Mm -hmm. um, for generations and generations, you know? And so I think that just, like, what it's touching on is it you're getting the mental piece of it by, like, understanding the story, but then you attach an emotion to it because I think that we are – empathetic creatures like I think that that's yeah. the piece that um, that separates us from animals is our empathy mm-hmm. and so when we can attach that emotionality if we can put ourselves into that context we we can better understand um, like and really integrate the concepts that that we're trying to 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 integrate Agreed. Um, you know like it's like when we are learning herbs in school like I, th- I think i had to make up a story about each and every single one of them otherwise like oh they were all just like
0: oh what a clusterfuck
1: yeah yeah
2: exactly right? i
0: was like what a shit show is this yeah. this is how we're learning herbs just memorize yeah. just oh i i yeah. i, I love i love what herbs do i take herbs but Absolutely. yes but yeah. yes the context was, yeah, I just I was like, I had, what was the zoo cards? The, the, yeah, a, yeah. the animal stories, you know, of, <laughs> it was exactly, I was like, I need a story. Give me yeah. something with these herbs so I can, yeah, I totally relate. Yeah. So
1: I, like, for me, it's like, I've always had to make friends through stories, right? Mm-hmm. So herbs, points are the same way for me. Yeah, Like each and every one of the points that I use is a friend of mine. There's, I don't know how many hundreds of points there are, but yeah. I tend to pick from maybe 25 or 30 points because those are my 30 best friends. Yes. And and I just have like a full understanding of what they're capable of. Yes. Like what their physiology is, what their energetic is. Right. Um, Same thing with herbs. I think I probably work with like maybe 40 herbs max.
0: Yeah. Um, That's, that's very, um, do you study Jeffrey Un's work at all?
1: mm, I've been dying to. Well,
0: that's, (laughs) I mean, you're, you're taking a page right out of his book and that's, that's the way Jeffrey approaches. Mm-hmm. points that's how he appro- approaches herbs and for the people listening Jeffrey Yuan is a prolific chinese medicine <laughs> practitioner and is world renowned he's amazing and he's classically trained oral tradition all the way yeah. but he that's exactly what he says he said yeah. and, and you know to add to what you're saying that's exactly right he said the friendship the familial relationship you have with points mm-hmm. and with herbs is what makes them work
1: Absolutely. if that's 100%. not there 100% yeah
0: if that's not there you're playing with yes you can get a mechanistic response mm-hmm. you put a point in you can get things to to change in the body you might get
2: mm-hmm.
0: hydrochloric acid in the stomach to move he said but if you want dynamic integration and systemic mm-hmm. movement you better mm-hmm. have a relationship because that's what separates Eastern and Western medicine, right? Is that it, mm-hmm. the nature of intention in relation to the body, what you're doing and how you're interfacing right. with somebody. Right. So that's cool that you um, are doing that because that's that's right up his alley. You're, you're yeah. in good company. <laughs> <laughs> that's very flattering. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you and Jeffrey. <laughs>
1: yeah. But um, to sort of speak to that, um, because I think if if we're working with physical bodies and – um like like we are not just physical things. And so like the idea I like to give is like like our bodies are made up of organs, which are made up of, you know, cells, which are made up of molecules, which are then made up of atoms. Right. And if you break down what an atom is, it is a neutron, a proton, and electrons, and like ninety nine percent of that is space.
0: Empty space. It's just
1: empty space. Yeah. Right. And so, like when you have a relationship with the points, if you if you have a relationship with the herb and you are putting your own intention behind it, and this is one of my favorite things to do with patients is like I don't just stick points in patients, like I try to tell them a story yeah about why I'm doing things because I want their intention involved in the healing process, right and so um, like, like when you're working with story you're actually affecting the 99 percent that potential energy Mm -hmm. it's not just kinetic energy anymore right Uh, and so like if you know i think the parallel that i want to make is like yes medicine pharmaceuticals they work a lot of the time yeah but a lot of the times they don't work and the reason for that is because we aren't working on the energetics of it yeah right we are just treating our bodies like we are machines and yes yeah if there is a broken part to the machine, western medicine is amazing.
0: Yeah. Right? They kick ass there. Yeah. They, they really do. Yeah.
1: But then if you're working on the the human potential. Yeah. Like western medicine has no bearing on what we have with Chinese medicine, Ayurveda, mm-hmm.
0: and, you
2: know,
1: like all these ancient traditions. Yeah. Like they've been around for a reason, right?
0: Yeah, they've survived with great efficacy for that mm-hmm. reason exactly. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And this is also why we can't study it.
0: Right? Yeah. Like, right. Right. Which is like <laughs> the, the total mind fuck, right? Is that <laughs> I always, I have this working, I, I want to write a book and I'm going to someday, but I've, yeah. and I've batted around titles and, and one of the, I, who knows if it would stick, but I've always wanted to like write a book that, that's something to the effect of cultivating the intangible. Mm. And that's exactly it. It's, it's, how do you measure this stuff? You yeah. know, this is like the ongoing, um, the ongoing pitfall, but also sort of the magic and mystery of, of yeah. life. This, I, I say this to people all the time. It's a very simple like question. <clears throat> prove love exists. <laughs> like, prove it. Like, how do you prove that it exists? We all feel it. I have a daughter. I mean, I have a wife. I have family, friends. I feel it. We all agree love is 100% real. Mm-hmm. But if you say, well, prove it, you can say, well, we can measure, right? Markers in the blood. Like Mm -hmm. brain chemistry, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) brain chemistry changes, but is that, is that thing love? And I think we would all say no, it's more to it than that. But I mean, that's, that's the marker, right? We we live the, we live our lives from these things that we cannot prove. Mm -hmm. And I think that's relevant and important to keep in your mind (laughs) as you're going through this stuff, because it's important. It has weight, even if it can't be proved, even if it can't be measured yet, Mm -hmm. maybe one day, right? Right.
1: But that's the thing about trusting your story and trusting your process is like when you say, like, prove love to me, Mm -hmm. like to me, I'm thinking, well, that's what the 99% of me feels.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, like the 1% is where you can measure those biomarkers and you can measure oxytocin and serotonin levels and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where the 1% lives. But the 99%, like that's what. That's what I feel when I feel embodied and that's when I feel like when I feel love, right?
0: Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> well, Kat, let's segue into with all of this discourse now, which I love. a God, Chinese medicine. Nerding out with fellow Chinese <laughs> medicine people. I'm like, I'm so hungry for it when it happens. I'm oh, like, yes. Oh, no, it's fun. It is fun. Um, so relationship coaching. Mm-hmm. This is sort of so all of this stuff, right? This infrastructure, you're working with fertility, you're doing acupuncture, all of this stuff. And now you are moving into this program, correct? Mm-hmm. Where you're doing relationship coaching, working with couples?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So talk couples to me.
1: Couples or individuals, yeah. Okay, like, talk to like me about that, me, like what that yeah. looks like. Yeah, so it's it's been my passion project sort of on the side for a little while now. Mm-hmm. Um, it started out as a book I was trying to write back in
2: 2015.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so my story is that I... Um, had a boyfriend when I was 18 and then you know we sort of did all the things right you mm-hmm. know like we um, moved in together we got a dog together we mm-hmm. eventually got married we bought a house we paid off our cars like like just like boom 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 like all the things
0: you're right. supposed to do right yeah
1: like type a right yeah like, type a right? just, <laughs> that's me <laughs> <laughs> this is why I can speak to the type a <laughs> right um, And, um, I looked at my life 12 years into that relationship and I was just like, I don't know who I am anymore. Yeah. And I don't think he knows who he is anymore. And we had sort of compromised ourselves away from our core beings. And so once I saw that, I couldn't unsee it anymore. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, at first we tried to make the relationship work, and eventually um, it didn't, and so we ended up getting a divorce. And in that uncoupling, um, I started trying to own my part of the story. Like,
2: yeah.
1: what do I need to learn from this? You mm-hmm. know, like, where have I felt this before? Yeah. You know, what was going on? And and so in that process, I did a lot of self work around relationships and and healing a lot of actually my familial wounds. Um, and part of that work has allowed me to step into, um, who I am now and really sort of like living unapologetically as myself. Yeah, and yeah. I happen to be by and poly. And so I have two boyfriends now mm-hmm. and, um, love them both. And it's just amazing to see like when you work on your own shit, you put out this yep. magnet and like just beautiful stuff starts happening. Right.
0: Right,
2: right. (laughs)
1: Um, And so, like, as I started working with, um, like, like predominantly fertility patients, and particularly as we're sort of getting into, like, heart stuff, like, a lot of relationship stuff comes up.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I found myself, like, continually being, like, hey, like, maybe you should talk to somebody or maybe you guys can take a class about communication and, like, found that I was sort of, like, tired of sending people out for that um, yeah. because I've I've done so much of that work myself. And so um, I'm creating a program. It's a six-week online um, group coaching program um, where I take us through the Western aspects of bonding and attachment theory and working with family wounds and the psychology and neurobiology behind all of that. And so understanding the nuts and bolts of it to understanding the mind. Mm-hmm. And then I found that my background in Chinese medicine just folds so beautifully on top. Right. So, um, like, when we talk about, like, we can nerd out about the fire element, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in Chinese medicine, the fire element is all about relationships and communication and and, and um, that ability to love and that heart space. Yeah. Um, and so, like... I've been working on this project for I don't even know how long now, <laughs> and I'm gonna launch that in June. Um, so yeah, that's, awesome. that's where people can find me in terms of like my relationship coaching. I'm not doing one-on-one coaching. I certainly do a bit of that, like in the treatment yeah. room. Yeah. Um, but um, on that, like online coaching workshop, like yes. that's where people can find my work about relationships.
0: Oh, that's great, Cat. I mean to 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 do that work is fantastic because one, it's needed. Um, people people need it, and you know I, I work with a lot of people, and when I talk to men and women, mm-hmm. invariably, relationship shit is on the menu Mo- mm-hmm. most of the time. There's mm-hmm. something thing that's um, relationships are very difficult. There, there's a lot yeah. there's a lot to navigate, especially as one person grow as one person grows and the other doesn't, and mm-hmm. then maybe one person stops and the other person ends up growing, and then they're just the, the maturation process and processing of life and evolution <laughs> individually and collectively holy shit mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. a what a mess you know a lot of times and so i think it's really good that you're doing the work and i agree what you're saying right the chinese medicine god I, the chinese medicine lens overlaid mm-hmm. onto this stuff mm-hmm. phenomenal i'm yeah. i'm amazed at how much of what i'm doing now is basic five element theory that we learned first semester yeah. and applying it to people and saying look yeah. here's five rhythms five yeah. phases that we all go through they happen in the natural world they happen in your yeah. body and here how they create and destruct one another mm-hmm. and if we mm-hmm. use this as a basic template
2: mm-hmm.
0: people are people think you're a wizard you know I'm like I would love to say that I invented this I didn't you know <laughs> like I, yeah. de- I definitely yeah. didn't but it does yeah. work and there's some yeah. very real threads there that are um, they're powerful mm-hmm. so how many Quick question. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: So when you do this this work and you're going to do it kind of like the online coaching format, say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you're yeah. not you're not working with individuals. Yeah. Um, thus far, do you know the demographic of men versus women? Like, is it mostly women that are kind of coming to mm-hmm. you? Or have you seen yeah. men? Because in my experience, men collectively, usually they box up a little bit. They They isolate yeah. more than women. Women are just a little more intuitive and emotional and they want to... Dig into it, but what's been what have you seen thus far?
1: You know, it's been amazing. I would say that like just demographically, my writing that I put out on blogs and on social media does tend to be more geared towards women. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my clinical practice, um, I have several men who come to me specifically for that, like relationship wounds, yeah, right, and working through like attachment patterns and mm-hmm. um, and so. I don't. I don't know that I've had the experience of men boxing up around me,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and and maybe that's just like, like that's my secret superpower or something,
2: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> um, which I'll totally own and take. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think we have this weird notion, and we have this shame around talking about relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like if I'm gonna do something difficult, like I'm gonna go roast a turkey, like I'm gonna Google how to do that, right? Yeah. Like I don't know how to change the oil in my car, so like if I need to do that, I'm gonna call my dad. Right? Um, but we somehow have this stigma in in our culture where if we ask for help around relationships, that somehow means that that's broken,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that's not necessarily the case, yeah. right? Um, it's more about again, like I don't think of people or relationships as being broken. Like I like. I'm here more for like trying to understand the story and like, like where can mm-hmm. we find an empowered voice within that story? Yep. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, I, I I see a whole mix of people. It's awesome.
0: That's great. Yeah. That you get the full, the full spectrum. Mm-hmm. What I've seen is, and the reason I ask is because, you know, when I'm, I've had this question asked to me, people have said, great. Who's, you know, who's your audience? Mm-hmm. And, I still very confidently say, I don't really know fully mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. um, you know, I've got a pretty strong feminine side because I think I'm just, I, great relationship with my mom. So I, I've, mm-hmm. I've always related to women really well. I've had lot, mm-hmm. I still have lots of female friends. It's never been difficult for me to, to relate and to talk to them. And at the same time, some of the topics that women talk about and that men talk about, they, mm-hmm. they, they definitely are different, but both can learn something from one another, right? Both sides oh, can okay. kind of like overcross. Men need some yin, women need some yang, right? Yeah. Basic, basic yin-yang theory. Mm-hmm. But what I've seen is men, when they get into relationship stuff, I've, I've had lots of friends of mine and you know colleagues and clients who have come to me for relationship stuff. And like you said, I think that's the thing. There's more, at least in my group of people mm-hmm. that I'm seeing, is mm-hmm. that men carry more shame around the relationship. If, if they mm-hmm. talk about it, it's... It's almost as if they've done something wrong the way they Mm -hmm. take it. Like they're responsible for it. And sometimes they are. And sometimes it's, I've tried to tell people, I'm like, look, relationships are about as hard as it gets. It's it's a very difficult terrain. It's not an easy thing to navigate. And I don't care how perfect the relationship is. At some point, you're going to hit some pretty dark patches. You know, you,
1: 100% like, and I would be worried if you did it.
0: Yeah, right? You'd be, you be know? I'd be like, yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> you know, yeah. like or one of you or both of you are full of shit because
1: Yeah, or you're in denial.
0: Right. There's no way that you're going to navigate life without I mean, it's going to happen. So I think mm-hmm. it's it's really cool to see um yeah just that you're doing it. That's great. Um what do you think when you talked about the tell tell me about the, the elemental relationship? like let's just say fire you know when you're when you're using that as a lens to work with people how are you applying that and like what are what languaging are you using to people Mm -hmm. to use like Mm -hmm. the fire element as a reference point in relationships like tell me how you bridge that and get people to think about it because i would love to hear that yeah
1: so i think that that's actually a hard place to begin for a lot of people Mm -hmm. um because yes, I can talk about you know nature is outside and it's right. reflected inside and it shows up in our in sure. our in our lives. Um, I think the easier place to begin with that conversation is is working with attachment theory.
2: Mm-hmm. And so,
1: attachment theory is um, this concept in Western psychology, and it actually came from child psychology mm. of like the sort of care that you received in the first seven years of your life um, shapes how you attach to your primary caregivers at the time, it's, it's typically gonna be your parents, and then eventually how that shows up in your adult attachments as you grow up. Mm-hmm. And so there are four categories of attachment styles. There's um, the secure, so this is somebody who's able to, um, like a child who's able to, um, who has, like they're seeking that intimacy from their, from their parents, but then they're also okay to be independent.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, an anxious attachment style is somebody who's maybe a bit clingy, like can't be without mama. Yeah, um, Avoidant is like, well, you're you know, I'm going to just be over here in my corner. I don't really want um, to to uh, associate.
2: Mm. Um,
1: and then an anxious and avoidant is somebody who most likely grew up in a chaotic environment and so didn't really know how to feel safe mm. and learn how to trust. and so they're going to fluctuate between the anxious and avoidant attachment styles.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Um, and so, um, and then you can see how that plays as you grow up. Right. Yeah. So like somebody who's secure in a relationship is going to be like, yeah, baby, like, let's, let's be intimate. Like, let's build our life together. But you know what, I'm, I'm still going to go out and like, go to yoga class, and I'm still going to have, yeah. That's
0: me. I'm going to go yep. have the
1: beer, and I'm going to, you know, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's me, 100%. Like,
1: I still have a social aspect outside of the relationship, and that's Big
0: necessary
1: time. for us to feel happy and healthy and and, yep. and good in yep. our world,
0: right?
1: 100%. An anxious person is going to be more likely to, like, try to meld with their partner. Yeah. Like, and they've probably gotten feedback that they're a bit clingy,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right?
1: And, you know, they're the kind of person where it's like, oh, once you have, once, you know, Susan has a boyfriend, we just never see Susan anymore. Right. right? So that's going to be more of an anxious attachment style. Um, And then the avoidant is going to be the more of the person who's like, you know, I, I want to feel some depth in relationship, but then I can't seem to, like, put down my guard. I can't like I have this armor and you know like bad shit's gonna happen anyway, so why am I even gonna like bother right uh, being vulnerable in front of another person? Fair right? enough. Yep. And so like we start to see this play out in our adult relationships and um and when I when I work with um individuals or couples it's about sort of like okay so like let's identify where you are on that spectrum because it is a spectrum we don't all like we don't fit into a box right and certainly like for myself like i've fluctuated widely from anxious to avoidant like sometimes even within the same relationship Mm -hmm. like but through work and through self-awareness and through a lot of journaling and a lot of like like some deep dives and tears and um
0: Dealing with the bullshit, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I, I can notice when I'm feeling that way and be like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what is my inner child wanting right now, right? Yeah. And can I give that to them mm-hmm. or do I need to ask of <coughs> partner,
2: right?
0: And it puts you into the observation state. Mm-hmm. it le- it removes you a little bit to to watch it as a story in a sense
2: mm-hmm. which yeah. is good
0: right to not be fully yeah. invested as this is my core identity that cannot fluctuate cannot move yeah. i'm yeah. just i'm just watching a movie i'm watching a right. story seeing right. how things unfold that's helpful
1: Yeah. And I don't like to pathologize, Mm -hmm. like, because one of the reasons why I came up with this course is because I found that a lot of the reading I was, I was doing about attachment theory is like, okay, identify if you're secure and insecure. And then if you're insecure, go find somebody who's secure,
0: (laughs) which just
1: eliminates like all of that juicy, deep work that you're supposed to do on your own. Right. Right. And so um, for me, it's less about pathologizing the insecure,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but identifying them as survival mechanisms.
0: Right, right? yep.
1: So if you, had a pati- or if you had a parent who was maybe a bit overbearing, you needed to find autonomy. And so maybe that's how you developed your avoidant attachment style. Right. Or the opposite is true. Like your parent hadn't dealt with their shit, and so they were a bit avoidant. And so you felt like you needed to, to claim yeah. that intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so then you end up being a bit clingy. Right. Right. And so like there's a survival mechanism there. And so again, like let's see what your story is. Yep. Um and for me I tend to run on the anxious side. Mm Mm-hmm. Um I my story is that I um I'm first generation Korean. Mm Mm-hmm. So my parents are immigrants, so I sort of like lived this life where you know I wasn't quite Korean enough and I wasn't quite American enough, and mm-hmm. and I have a younger brother and he felt that to an even deeper extent. He didn't really speak Korean
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, the way that I do, and um, when he was a teenager, he became incredibly depressed and tried to commit suicide. Oh wow. And, um, and I'm actually the one who, like, found him and convinced him to not do this. Wow. And um, this is me as a 16-year-old trying to, like, to navigate this, right?
0: Yeah.
1: And, you know, I do, you know, I did what I do best. You know, I went into yang mode, right? Yeah. I went into fixing Like, I can Mm -hmm. do this. I made all the appointments. I, you know, I took care of my brother. I was taking care of my parents to an extent. You know, I was acting as translator because they couldn't talk to each other. And so I was the medium between. Um, And, you know, in my head, in my story, like, like the story that I tell myself is that if I wasn't there, like physically there to be with him, he would have died. And so... I made sure that I was there every night when he went to sleep, and I was there every morning when he woke up. Yeah. And on the days that I felt really insecure, I would even sit outside the door while he was showering because I was afraid he was going to try to drown himself. Wow. And, and so for me, like that was a survival mechanism. And so yeah. as an adult growing up, as soon as I feel someone I love feel like I'm going like to lose them, then that survival mechanism gets turned on. Yeah. Right? And so then I start clinging. And yeah. I will literally chase my partner around the apartment asking them, "What's wrong? What's going on?" you know? Yeah. Um, and so as a side note, my brother is doing amazing now Great. and uh, doing amazing things.
0: <laughs> That's very cool. That's good to hear.
1: <laughs> and is a really cool person. Um and um and so like to pathologize that would not be correct because Yeah. You know, it kept me alive. It kept my brother alive. It kept our family together. But, right. But the evolution of the human is that doesn't work for me anymore. It's actually causing so much more discomfort for me now. Yeah. That you do I have want to, to shed it of, at some point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You have and to so shed
1: shedding it. that was part of, or part of shedding that was the divorce with my husband. Yeah. You know, is because I was like, I no longer want to live in this particular pattern, like come and grow and shift with me, and right. he felt uncomfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And and so there, like you were speaking of earlier, it's 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 difficult when it's easy when partners want to grow and shift together. But yeah. when there's a partner who's like, like, hey, like we've got to we've got to move on, right? Let's do some work, and then the other one doesn't want to come along. That that's a difficult story.
0: It is difficult, and the the point that you just touched on that I agree with. And that I've, I've talked to a lot of my friends and my, my close people in my life about is collectively the human experience, suffering is a part of it, the things that Uh we go through life is very difficult. And the difficult things that we are met with, aren't meant to be avoided. They're the very things that shape us that make us transform and grow. And I think if we what would what would be the point of life to go through with no hurdles? Mm-hmm. No challenges. I mean, the way I always think about life is this is a sit 3D simulation for, you know, higher learning and some, you know, soul evolution. There's something going on where we're supposed to just become more resilient, you know, process some stuff that whatever whatever that it's different for everybody. But
2: yeah.
0: I think that's exactly right. I mean, Lillian talks about this, and I've I've seen this in my relationships. Mm-hmm. If you are I think you have to have enough like mindedness, and this isn't true in friendships or romantic relationships, you have to have enough like-mindedness that you can kind of get on the same page about the large threads of life. But if you're too similar, Mm
2: -hmm. there's no
0: push-pull. There's no magnetic positive-negative. There's no yin-yang polarity. And I've seen that in my romantic relationships.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, the the relationship I had before my wife, very much alike. Um, Uh So much alike that I think in the end there was a neutralization of our of our polarities you know we had we could we back then we could have said a lot of different things but when I look back I'm like we were so fucking similar you know even Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. our birthdays seven six days Mm -hmm. apart you know we're just like so close Mm -hmm. the same person more or less and and then you know when I look at my wife I'm like we have some very common threads but very different threads yeah and that difference sure creates conflict but it also creates the cogwheel turning, Mm -hmm. it makes Mm -hmm. movement, right? Even Mm -hmm. as sludgy Mm -hmm. as it can get for, at at times, and that's, which is normal, I think in any relationship, that difference helps, right? It's like, it's almost, Lillian says this, she's like, you need, she's like, you don't wanna be too similar. You need some, you need some differences. You need some, she's like, and typically the differences will, are the relationships that actually last longer. Like those are the Mm -hmm. ones that actually have sustainability because you have something Mm -hmm. to work with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You have something Mm -hmm. that's gonna pull you through your bullshit and vice versa. Yeah. So I, yeah. I couldn't agree more, and I've seen yeah. that for sure in my own personal experience. Yeah, yeah. I, I prefer sure. difference now. I'm like, yeah, give me different. You know, yeah. Give it's me,
1: exciting. It's interesting. It's, yeah, yeah.
0: Give me some things to work what? with. That yeah. Are, yeah, yeah. That have meat and potatoes. You know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just want to challenge you on like a tiny little bit Please. there. Please, yeah. Um, when you say that, like suffering is inevitable. I think is how you said it.
0: It happens. Yeah, um, it's part of life. Yeah. Um,
1: like, I think the piece that I want to flesh out is I think pain. Is inevitable I yeah. don't think suffering is
0: yeah there's like a distinction right between pain yeah. is like what happens suffering is kind of a choice
1: yeah, yeah 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 because you know like like when we go back to like the attachment theory stuff like we can like like going through the pain of of not having you know of you know my brother trying to commit suicide mm-hmm. or you know like having a, a parent who wasn't there like that's a pain that we can't really avoid yeah but if if the person then chooses to continue that cycle of being anxiously attached or being avoidantly attached, like, like that's where the suffering comes in.
0: For sure. Yeah. No, I would agree. And I feel like I, you're right. And I think that's, you know, I think that's an evolution to get to that place. I mean, I think there's probably Mm -hmm. some avatars who come in who are just, they've got that nailed, you know, (laughs) but I think a large, (laughs) a large majority of us come in and we do have to suffer. It's almost like you have to taste it to know, Well, fuck fuck that, you know, like, (laughs) that's such not a sustainable move in the long run. And I think um, it's sort of a natural byproduct, right, to suffer. It's like whether you mean to or not, I think the suffering does happen. And it does inform you, you know, and I think that's where hopefully, right, you meet someone like you or, you know, you have friends and family who love you, but hopefully you meet people in your life that can say that very thing, right? Suffering doesn't Mm -hmm. have to take place, right? The pain you can't get away from. Painful things happen, but right. How we um, relate and adapt to those, Mm -hmm. those pains are, yeah, it's up to you. Yeah. How you, how you And I'm pretty
1: sure I heard this on your podcast. I can't remember which guest it was exactly, but I think you said eat bitter.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Like medicine is
1: going to be bitter. Right. And I think that this is like, like relationships are medicine, Mm -hmm. you know, I I think that, yeah, like we have these imbalances that come from relationships, but relationships can also be medicine. Like that's, I know for sure that that's what these two men who are in my life now, like my two partners are for me, you know, like I've found security through them and they teach me every single day. Yeah. Um, And you know, it's, it's been bitter at times, but it's, of course it's, it's been so, so worth it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And medicine, that's a, you know, that I love that word. Hence the, my podcast name, you know, lifestyle medicine, right. And the word maybe gets used overused today um, in, in these circles, but I, I love the word and thinking of it like that most of, you know, my my choices in my life, uh, when I think about food, when I think about friendships, mm-hmm. relationships, sex, activity, it doesn't really matter. Like whatever the thing is in an ideal mm-hmm. world, the thing I'm aiming for is, is this going to be medicinal for me mm. in some way? Is yeah. It, and, and how can I optimize my choices and my decisions to make these things more medicinal for me. yeah and yeah. I think if you if you approach it's not for everybody for sure, but I mean at least for me, it's the thing that's made the most sense. If I can approach it that way and I can say, well what's what's medicinal about this process, this mm-hmm. friendship, this relationship, yeah. this thing yeah and realizing that medicine, how many of the Chinese herbs that we take taste like shit you know some yeah. of them are just like, <laughs> oh, what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. let me spit this out. Yeah. (laughs) Even though it might clean my spleen and liver out, I'm like, this isn't particularly enjoyable, but I'm gonna feel better afterwards, you know. But But that's what I
1: love about the name of your podcast actually, is because it invites so many different people to bring their own version of what their medicine is, you know. So like I loved that podcast with you and the and the gentleman who drinks tea.
0: Like Oh yeah, Taylor. Yeah, Taylor Dry. That is
1: one hundred percent medicine and like now I've incorporated that into my like daily practice. I mean I'm not like Sure. like feng shui and, and beautiful <laughs> about it but like there's a mindfulness about my morning cup of tea now yeah. that i didn't have before you know and that yeah. can be medicine absolutely and, and so like recognizing that medicine is not just a thing that is done to you right but a thing that you like you incorporate and that you integrate into your life like i think that that's such yeah there's so much power behind that
0: and you and you make it you know like th- there's like a there's a creationary force behind medicine the way the way i always think about it so i have this ongoing thing that i do and my all my buddies love it right but i but for me it's like this completely medicinal process and uh so when i ha- when i hang out with one of my guy friends and I, i'm they say like you know i'm like hey come over let's, let's hang out if i do that you know especially if the weather's nice i'm like i set up the outdoor screen I, I put up TV trays and recliners on the yard. I smoke ribs. I make some amazing <laughs> salad that's like bolstering to like your liver and good yeah. good for the season. Yeah, And, you know, I always bring out a quality spirit and, you know, like high-grade tequila, high-grade something. Yeah. I, and never get tanked. Never like, oh, it's yeah. just like Chico State days and keg stands. It's never <laughs> like that. But I'm like, let's set the stage for with amazing food that's on mm-hmm. point for the season, for this thing, for mm-hmm. right now. And... I mean, it's, it's my my hand. My mom has always said this to me. She's like, my mom's a little type A too. She's like, Gray, if you want to control the outcome, you have to control the process. Like, she's like, you have to have a hand in it, right? You got to, if you want to paint the picture, you have to pick up the brush. And so, but when I think about it, I'm like those interactions with my buddies who, when they come over, they love it. They're like, this is great. You know, good food, good, good visuals, good, you know, good, good drink. And it's so completely medicinal. And it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, craft, right? It's not just
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, it's
0: being done to them technically, but they're interacting. We're co-creating it, right? Yeah, the, the stories, of all these things blend into a nice picture of medicine. Yeah. And those nights I'm re- I'm recharged. I'm like, damn, that was fun. Yeah. You know, that was a blast. Like yeah. that was pretty much nail hitting all the nails on the head that I need yeah. to yeah. feel good about it. Um, and I like making good food. I like watching them eat it. You know, that's mm-hmm. like the biggest joy. Yeah. As a side note, I have to say this. I remember when we were in Five Branches, I, you had a, I think it was maybe a housewarming party. Um, uh-huh. Maybe when you, or maybe you just had a party, like the first or second semester in school. Yeah. <clears throat> and because I'm a foodie at heart, you totally <laughs> spoke my language and you made Korean. Korean wings. barbecue. Yeah. Korea, yeah. And you were, and I, I mean, then I was a foodie too. Yeah. And I was like talking to somebody. I think I was talking to Paul actually before Paul and I were really close friends, and I'm like, yeah. I'm sitting there talking. And I'm like, yeah, so this and this and this. And I took a bite of your your ribs, your mom's recipe, and I was like, oh, I was like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Like, and I was like, cat, what what's in? Can I have the recipe? And you were just so like, sorry, Gray. But like, you're, like, f- you're, you're like, I'm that's are you're like that's a family share. recipe, and I was like. <laughs> damn you cat. And I respect you completely. <laughs> Cause I'm like, I wouldn't give this up either. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's like those, you know, those medicinal moments, I mean, God, they're, yeah. they're so, they're so important.
1: Yeah. And uh, I love that that hasn't changed about you as I remember those parties that you used to throw out the treehouse, totally, uh, <laughs> with Kai and Paul. And
0: Oh yeah. They were so much yeah. fun. I mean, that was a big, that thread, you know, Kai and I and Paul, we, I think we all, I think, in, in a sense, we were all kind of like, in some ways, traditionally masculine guys. Kai was in a frat. Paul was in a frat. I didn't do frats, but I played rugby, which was mm-hmm. a frat without all the attachment bullshit. And we had this thing where we were, I hate saying this word, like we were kind of conscious males to a degree. Mm-hmm. We, we, weren't, we weren't like the standard typical male, but we also liked the dude male stuff. Mm-hmm. And we loved celebrating. There was this mm-hmm. thread of just like, let's get together and like get people together and do that thing. And we got to really hone in on that when we lived together, which was the, we called we We had this conversation so many times on that deck when we were just hanging out, the three of us at night, looking at the, the hills, we would say like, okay, the art of celebration, like this is, this is an art, you know, how do you, and how do you fine tune it? Yeah. And those parties were definitely an exploration of that. Yeah, because it yeah. was so we would always just feel so good after them. And yeah. everyone was always grateful. People were always like, because everyone's stressed out in school. Yeah, everyone was always just working their asses off. And it was like, yeah, yeah let's just hang out and socialize with people who are like minded doing the same thing yeah. we are. Yeah. And it was a blast. And I, yeah, I'm glad you yeah. were I'm glad you were at those parties. <laughs> yeah. And you enjoyed but them. just to
1: also like bring it back to like, full circle, like, like medicine and yin yang, yes. like what you're doing when you're setting the stage is you are creating the container. Right? Yeah, correct. Like that's that's like yeah. the yin part of it, right? Yes, absolutely. And, and so like when you when you cultivate that container, mm-hmm. then it allows people to come in and add their energy, which is the yang.
0: Yes. Right? Correct.
1: And it's this beautiful like this is why it's medicine and this is why it feels like medicine to you because it's actually this beautiful marriage between yin and yang here.
0: Yeah. Like, that's a great way to think about it. And that's right. that's something I that your theory is on point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yin and yang, the basics, right? Yeah. Build the container. Um, yeah. And it's the same principle with the body, right? Like the body yeah. has, there's, there's a flesh and material and blood. And then there's this immaterial thing that we can't measure inside that's right. unique, right? Yeah. Just the, every, yeah. every soul is a little different. Yeah. But they do need each other. Yeah. And, yeah. One, and this and is one, where the
1: fertility piece comes in too, is yeah. like, there is yeah. this like, like build the container. Yes. You know, build an inviting container.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, because it's and in the end, it's like it does. I mean, the you helping women to foster and create life. Right, mm-hmm. giving giving them this. Um, I don't know what you want—not to not exercises, but just this process. You know that you're taking mm-hmm. them through. You know whether mm-hmm. it's through the coaching or through the acupuncture, herbs, mm-hmm. lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I mean it's the same thing, right? If you're if you're creating a, a stage for cooking for people, you're still you're creating something. You're creating life. You're creating yeah, some of that, that Yang yeah. you know, that nourishing yeah. life. Yeah. And yeah. that's where, um yeah, I mean that's where people start to thrive and feel amazing. Mm-hmm. Which is like mm-hmm. the high goal, right? I mean that's yeah. in the end, that's what I'm in this for is how can I make people feel better about what they're doing and um yeah, honoring what's awesome about people. Yeah you know yeah. what are you doing that's awesome and working
2: mm-hmm. cuz that's mm-hmm.
0: important you need to keep yeah. that shit online <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> um but yeah i think um like not to like I love this part of our conversation, but to no, no. Um, yeah. bring it back to
0: take it anywhere, Kat. I don't yeah, care. <laughs> like, because I totally
1: want to address the like fire element piece that that yeah. like because like like when we set up this call, I was just like, oh my god, I want to like hear what Gray has to say about the fire element <laughs> because I've been living here in this like five elements bubble yeah. like all by myself for the last two years, for and sure. so I'm just like,
0: I want to receive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Yeah. So um, I think you had asked. Um, about relationships and like how the fire element um, interplays with that. And so I'll sort of share my piece and, yeah, and I want yeah. to hear your side of it too, because I'm sure you'll be able to riff off of it. Sure. Um. So I think whenever I'm working with patients and we're talking about the esoteric, like, like if I talk about like yin-yang, that's a weird concept for people. Mm-hmm. Or if I talk about like, you know chi and dampness and energy like that's all sort of like out of reach for people but if i talk about nature yeah and if i talk about their organs Mm -hmm. like it's almost like they can sort of get it conceptually a little easier
0: they can grab something in that Yeah,
1: yeah yeah so fire element right um is um is about relationships and the analogy that i like to make is that with Fire, you need three components. You need a spark, mm-hmm. and you need oxygen, and you need kindling. Yes. Right? And so the spark is that initial, like, bam, like, we've met eyes, and there is something happening, and, you know, yeah. like, I'm yeah. in deal. Yes. Right? There's that spark that that's necessary. For sure. But then, like, when you're in a relationship, you also need the kindling and the oxygen, mm-hmm. right? So if you build up the kindling too much, you're going to smother the fire. Right. Right. So it, that can be out. relatable to like what we just talked about in terms of like anxious attachment. Mm-hmm. And then if you give it too much oxygen, like it can blow the fire out. Yes. And so um, like building a fire is this beautiful dance of kindling oxygen and spark. And I think that that's what builds a relationship. And so whenever... Yeah. Like, whenever I'm talking to patients about, like, what's going on in their relationship, engaging the temperature of their relationship, it's like, okay, so, like, like, is there too much kindling? Is there too much oxygen? Like, like, where do we need to find the balance there? Mm-hmm. So there's the fire element.
0: Oh, uh, I like that. And what's nice about that, I think, when you're using it, for one, I like that you're just saying, if I talk about nature, my patients get it more, right? Mm-hmm. And it makes it accessible, and it's metaphoric, which yeah. m- most people can get behind there's some kind of analogy there that people are like, oh yeah, great. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, God. So when you, how well is that received? When people, when you talk about it like that and you, mm-hmm. you mention that kind of thing to them and you say mm-hmm. that, do people grab? Are they, yeah. they're on board?
1: 100%. Yeah. That's and so it's cool. like they get to then diagnose what's happening in their relationship. Right. It's right. not me telling you like, like this is what you need to do. It's like, oh, like, I actually see this right
0: know. right and you're saying here's what here's what this looks like and here's yeah here's a metaphor for you to identify the parts of this metaphor mm-hmm. as pieces of you and your life <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that's the coolest part about um, you know the, the feng shui theory when I when I'm working with people and the five elements and how they plug in because mm-hmm. that's exactly what um, that's exactly what the Taoists were doing with feng shui they look at a you look at a nature scenic I call it a snapshot So if you look at, um, you look at a a snapshot of some scenic in nature, right? Uh So like if we look at water, water, you can have a a babbling brook, you can have a roaring waterfall, Uh you can have crashing waves, you can have frozen Uh lakes. Water can take on a bunch of different attributes and states, right? It's very adaptable. It's one of the cool things about having water in your environment is that it keeps that signal on and running but when we look at that that's kind of the piece where you say like okay so if water has these if you look at these different snapshots the Taoists, when they look at feng shui they say each one of those snapshots of those pictures can be states or experiences in your life sometimes water is cold and immovable and if you fall or come into contact with it it hurts Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. or just the, the 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 magnitude and um majesty of a roaring waterfall that's 300 feet tall like that snapshot is going to be how water feels in relation to different experiences in your life so i think when you're taking this thing about fire right you're saying so these three things a b and c have Mm -hmm. to be present for fire to happen i mean it's that is probably one of the most um Down to earth ways you can talk about this stuff, five element theory, it makes it real for them. And you get that subconscious cue into them that what happens in the natural world ties to what's happening in your life, you know, in your body. So it's so good. I'm so glad that you're, that you're integrating these things like the fire element and you're right. Not just to like push the theory because you love it, but because it actually, I think it has weight in terms of how, how effective this stuff will be as you go down the road too.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's going to be really good.
2: And
1: I just think it's a good lens to have on um, because for me, it's practicing Chinese medicine is less and less becoming about the needles and the herbs. Like it's becoming more and more like I am so curious about you. Yeah. And I want to know what your story is. And I hope that, by mirroring my curiosity about the person sitting in front of me, by, by mirroring my curiosity about you, that you're able to get curious about yourself, right? Right. And, and, and then we get to sort of talk about like, okay, so what's the story you've been telling yourself? And is that actually true? And, um, and if it's not true, like, has it served? Yeah. And, and does it still serve?
0: Right. Really, and, really important questions to be asking. <laughs> yeah I mean, in the big context of life is right is is what you're doing sustainable right it it's the goes back to what you were talking about before the shedding
2: mm-hmm.
0: is this programming this operating system that I'm running that was mm-hmm. very functional in years past?
2: Mm-hmm. is it
0: still doing what it's supposed to now we do need right. to, you do need to update you do need to, yeah. uh, and i I think in these threads I love that the, the the things that you're talking about they all kind of stack on one another right. Mm-hmm. Doing that without the shame, with, mm-hmm. without the guilt of oh I'm a piece of shit for having mm-hmm. done that or for living that out
2: mm-hmm. continually
0: in new iterations with new people, um, you know. Just as a side tangent note to support this, you know, um, my daughter was in the hospital from age mm-hmm. from like for a month for yeah. for her health stuff, and she's great, no underlying conditions. In the end, she's doing fantastic and she's thriving mm-hmm. and happy and beautiful, but it fucked me up. I mean it absolutely I I was just not right in the head or in the heart and um, it just got me and I ended up um, not for recreation it was a fully like I need I sat in an ayahuasca ceremony Mm. and one of the things that that was dropped in on me I feel like that was gifted to me Mm -hmm. was I was shown various things in my life during that journey during that trip Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. and
0: I was shown all these different things my daughter being in the hospital things I've done choices I've made and for whatever reason, in that space for the first time ever, whatever was dialoguing with me, you know, whatever you want to call it, Mother Aya, you know, the, the consciousness mm-hmm, of the planet. Mm-hmm. I don't know how it works fully, but what I was shown was there was no judgment in the story. It, mm. was, it was like, here's a story. And this has been your story, your life, yeah. the things yeah. you've been doing. And right over here, a quarter turn is a better way. And there's nothing wrong or bad about the ways you've been doing it. Here yeah. is just a new path and a new direction for you to walk down yeah. and be okay with that. And there was, yeah. it was almost like as the story was being told to me, I could feel there was no judgment in it. It's like exactly what you just said, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like you're giving a mirror for the person. I felt like that's what the, the root, the plant was doing for me. It was yeah. just saying, it was mimicking like, here, I'm going to show you how to not judge by not judging you when mm-hmm. I show you your past, <laughs> when mm-hmm. I show you. And it was so helpful. And I think however we get that into our heads... Yeah to to touch on these threads that you're talking about that like yeah. the no shame right shedding of the old bullshit yeah. patterns whatever they are for men women and everyone in between whatever that is Yeah I mean god such a really important thread to life I yeah. mean, it's so important I mean I can't, yeah. I couldn't stress that enough and I think you get it too it's part of I think why you're doing what you're doing right you've seen the the magnitude of how important this is
1: Yeah and what a beautiful opening of a portal for you because I'm sure from that opening Oh yeah, came this hugely creative process. Oh yeah, right. Like now you are writing a different story.
0: Oh, hundred percent. I mean, I've still got my shit, and I'm processing and learning. Of but yes, of course, it, it opened up a whole new thread of evolution. I
2: mm-hmm. think it's
0: just like anything. When once you feel something or experience something, you know, you can you can you can read about it theoretically, and you can hear it, and that in your mind gets it. You're like, that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But when you experience it and feel it for the first time. Mm-hmm. it's like okay now now, yeah. now i've got a baseline of how to actually do things a little different because i felt it yeah it actually was it was embodied it was in me i felt that yeah. it, it came through me and it became yeah. way easier like most yeah. things you know once yeah. you experience it it's like oh okay yeah something to work yeah. with yeah yeah oh man cat this was an excellent conversation <laughs> this was really good <laughs> i really i really enjoyed um First of all, catching up with you (laughs) and and seeing your smiling face and and hearing what you're doing. I mean, it's. I love the work that you're doing. Um, You write really well. I'm a. I come from a family of like English English majors and journalism majors, and reading your stuff, even your posts on Facebook, um, just the content you write. I love the way you write. So I want to just you know acknowledge that that I love your writing, and the way you're telling your stories in your writing has gotten me thinking about things differently you know so I know my podcast has opened some things for you but your writing has opened things oh, for me okay. so Thanks yeah so much. yeah you're yeah. welcome and That's
2: beautiful
0: yeah and to to like to to close this cat you know the thing I kind of ask of my guests when, mm-hmm. when I'm wrapping up um, mm-hmm. an interview is you know parting words that you would want to give to the audience people, um, mm-hmm. the real time baseline practical things that people can do if they were to never see you or work with you again, like what would be the, the gem that you would kind of give them? And mm. then the basic details after that are just your, your social media and stuff where people yeah. <laughs> can actually stalk you and yeah. <laughs> and follow your good works.
1: Yeah. Um, oh geez. How do I, how do I make it like that? <laughs> Yeah. No pressure, cat. Just put with, put like, all
0: of <laughs> put all of your medicine into one yeah. sentence. Go.
1: This is my problem with like both my treatments and like my writing is I always like run over time and I oh, like yeah. run over the like Instagram word limit. <laughs> um, but essentially, stay curious. Yeah. You know, like if we can stay in this place of curiosity, like it it that automatically pulls us out of judgment. It pulls us out of shame. Yeah. Um, it pulls us out of um, fear. Um, I think that if we can just stay curious, if there's any, like, if there's any lesson I have learned that continues to hold, like in any scenario, it's just, if I stay in my curiosity, I can be open. Yeah. So,
0: so important. No, wise words. I will take them. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure my audience will as well. And then, um, how do how do we find you, Kat? How do how can people? What's your so, you know website, uh, social media, Facebook, whatever you yeah. like people to follow you on? Yeah, yeah.
1: so um, I'm on Instagram. and I'm pretty prolific on Instagram, so I'm <laughs> at Empowered Curiosity. Okay. Um, my website is empoweredcuriosity.com, and that's where you'll find all the info about my upcoming um, course called the Heart Lab. And great um, name. for your, it's a great name. It's a great name, <laughs> <Okay>. Heart Lab. <laughs> Um and then for your um audience I love to offer a coupon code um so if any of them if any of you guys oh, want cool. to take the heart lab um use the coupon code lifestyle med and you'll get $25 off Very cool. And yeah that's pretty much that's me.
0: That's I I love it. Yeah, and I think everyone else will too <laughs> after listening to this conversation. <laughs> Well, Kat, thank you, um, thank you for doing doing this interview. Um, it's great to see you. I would love to have you on again. You know, a lot of my guests, I feel like there's a lot of repeat type things we could do. So I feel like you know we kind of touched the surface Yay! of a lot of a lot of different Let's things. Do
1: it again. Yeah, yeah. At
0: some point, we'll get you we'll get you back on here. But um, yeah. yeah, thank you so much for doing it.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Gray, and and I love the work that you're doing as well. And so I like you are now my favorite podcast, like no joke. Like, oh, I I, like,
0: I appreciate look that. Look forward to it. Oh, well, thank week. you. That's very cool. All right, Kat. Well, thank you again.
2: Yeah. Okay.
0: Take care.